there's one thing that's for certain, is that there are lots of ways to see success working in the music industry. Just ask our guest this week, Dario Forzato, a guitarist from Italy who came to the United States to pursue his dreams in music. Starting from scratch in a new country, Dario hit all the music touch points, touring with the band, getting sync placements, working as a co-writer, but after getting a big placement in a video game, he found his groove making production music. Beyond video games, Dario has had placements in award-winning TV shows, documentaries, in stadiums, and more. He joins us today to talk about his journey and his method for musical success on this episode of The Big Break. So I'm from Milan, Italy, uh, and that is where I, I grew up till I was about 25. Yeah, I started playing uh, music and more specifically guitar when I was seven. I come from a family of non-musicians. They really love music. I always listened to music from when I was, uh, you know, very little, and especially when we used to travel, you know, drive uh, to go on vacation and all that stuff. And I always loved love music in general so when i was about six seven i started to you know to to get drawn to 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 music more and more and um, basically one day i said you know i want to start playing guitar little did i know that <laughs> it was it's not an easy process you know especially i feel like learning at that age and instruments like guitar violin where it's actually there's like a physical component, which is, you know, it, your fingers hurt, you know, mm-hmm. it, they hurt, you know, you got to get calluses and all that. It, I remember that it was, it was hard and especially the first three, four years were kind of, kind of hard, but I mean, my family always supported me. They kind of pushed me and I loved it. So I, I really loved music. So I just, uh, I just did it. So I started playing guitar. I mean, I started playing classical guitar because that was the thing, especially back in the day, especially in Italy. You know, if you were serious about something, that's what you, you had to do. Hmm. So I started playing classical guitar. And at some point I went to conservatory a few years later and started, you know, learning, you know, all the classical repertoire and all of that. But then, you know, I always loved rock music. I'm a big fan of Led Zeppelin and The Police, you know, and all these, uh, these bands. So... Uh, at some point, you know, I remember last, the last year that I did at the conservatory, my my teacher, who was a really cool teacher, but he one day he looked at me and he said, you've been playing electric guitar. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I, I lied. You know, I've been playing like for about a year. You know, I bought this uh, really cheap, uh, I think it was a Yamaha Pacifica uh, guitar, electric guitar. I started playing with this little amp, and which was completely different, you know, coming from classical you know the nylon string guitar classical way of playing so you know i mean electric guitar was a completely different thing so hmm. uh but yeah I, basically i i after that i i said you know what i just i love you know rock music modern music you know you name it so i'm gonna you know i'm gonna just leave the classical world and just uh 
do whatever, you know, play music that I actually like. Well, I wanted to ask you about like kind of like the music culture in Italy and, and the stuff that you'd be listening to. I mean, you, you mentioned the hard rock stuff, but is that what a lot of people in Italy listen to growing up or is there more of a... Um, Depends. You know, it's very, it's various. Uh, I have to be honest. Uh, I, I, I consider myself lucky because my parents... Uh, had really good taste, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, so I was always influenced by by you know music that I still like, mm-hmm. and, you know, and uh, and they were they were not big fans of Italian music, which is pretty big in Italy, you know. Uh, but they were big fans of you know British music and American music, and you know, so all the the rock stuff. The, and, I mean, and, and, you know, all that kind of world. Yeah. So gotcha. I've always been exposed to that, you know, Sting and Peter Gabriel. So I kind of grew up with that and I always loved it. I always loved it. Even if I didn't know I was, you know, you know that I liked it per se. That's the only thing I was listening to. So I, I just liked it. Then, you know, growing up, I started, you know, also discovering other kinds of music and basically figuring out that I really like that music, you know, the, the one that I grew up with. So I consider myself lucky as far as that. But, you know, then, you know, I all, uh, definitely expanded my horizons, you know, musical horizons. And, you know, I started loving like film scores and, uh, and other genres. And then I also went back to classical. Right now I'm listening to a lot of classical music. I had my jazz phase when I was like about, you know, 18, 20, you know, getting mm-hmm. old with harmony and all that and improvising so um i you know as a listener i think i'm an omnivore i mean i eat everything i listen to everything and i actually like uh i am something that i i I like about music is that i mean i don't care about what genre it is if it's good it's good to me you know it really moves me and it doesn't matter if it's edm or jazz or but um, so in a way, it's really subjective. You know, what does move you? I, I don't know. You know, it's something that got to it's a mix of, I guess, emotions and you got to be, you know, have content and be emotive and and also stimulate my brain in a way. You know, it got to be interesting to me, to my set of ears. Right. So oh, that's usually my so I, I, I'm not right now. I'm not attracted by a specific genre. I'm doing a lot of, you know, I'm a composer right now, so I do a lot of uh, film and TV and visual media in general. So I'm a- attracted to that music, and, which I always liked. I didn't grow up with that per se necessarily, but it's something that I felt like I was, I, I, I was always drawn to. Even when I was uh, younger and I was playing guitar, I remember that I, I would just sit there and, you know, play on the instrument and improvise. I didn't even know that I was improvising. It was just, you know, <laughs> noodling around with my guitar and playing and you know and I, I remember those moments and those were just the beginning of this i think artistic sensibility that then kind of developed and grew into writing for for film and television which had is it's, it's a certain way of writing which is different from writing you know concert music if we're talking about classical music or it, it, you know writing for bands and all that mm-hmm. which i've done but uh, you know at some point i kind of I kind of looked at myself and say, say what, what am I, what, what do I really like and what do I, uh, I want to do? So yeah, that's what, what I'm doing right now. So basically after I, I, you know, I was 
I played guitar for many years. I performed, you know, when I was about 18, I started performing and touring professionally. And I did that in Italy for a few years. And then at some point I decided to move to Los Angeles, where I am still right now. And um, just because, you know, to find new new things to do and, you know, new challenges. And also because I knew that, you know, Los Angeles is, is the town, you know, city of entertainment. So there's, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of that aspect, which I was not pursuing per se right away, but I knew that at some point I would have liked to, uh, to do. I didn't know at the time how long I would have, you know, stayed in, in, in Los Angeles just because, you know, coming from, from, from Europe, from Italy is like, okay, I'm going to try and see how it works out and then we'll, we'll figure it out what, what I'm going to do. Yeah. Was that a difficult decision to make to, to move to the U S from Italy? Well, it, it, I mean, I, I was young, so, you know, when, whenever you're young, you have nothing to lose and, you know, it, it was easy, uh, definitely easier than making the same decision now that I'm older <laughs> and that uh, there's more things going on in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was difficult because, you know, because of my family, my dad was, was sick at the time. So it was not easy to say, you know what, I'm just going to go to the other side of the world and see what happens. But I figured that if I didn't do it at that time, it would have been, it would become more and more difficult to do it. So it was like, okay, let's give it a try and see how it goes. You know, I could be back in six months or, or I could stay there. I really don't know. I just took it like day by day. But then, you know, I eventually stayed because I started working with uh, my previous band, this alternative rock band called Rep Scallions. We started, you know, doing a lot of stuff and licensing and, and performing and touring and all that. Uh, so I got started getting really busy and then mm. getting session work and playing with other artists and I toured with a bunch of you know, a few other artists. So I was more in the, in the performing world. And then at some point it was like, you know, that idea of writing music and producing music and recording, which I always liked and always done since I was like probably 15, 16, I, I was like recording and programming in MIDI and all that, but at a very basic level. So after that, I just, uh, you know, I started thinking more about it and say, hey, what if I actually do it and start, you know, focusing more on this because I really like it. You know, I love performing. It's, it's a completely different thing, though. The, the way you play, the way you, you, you live music in general. So I always like the creative aspect, not just performing somebody else's music or your music, but, you know, not just the performance aspect, but also like the creative one. And hmm. uh, I, I always loved it. And then I slowly started transitioning to that. I got a few, you know, opportunities here and there. And, uh, and now uh, I'm glad I was able to transition uh, in the past, actually, two, three years to transition full-time from performing to actually writing and producing. So you, you kind of had a foothold when you came to, to LA. You didn't just come here with your, your bags and like, and some hopes and dreams. Like you had a, you know, something to do and, and some connections, right? Actually, no, I actually oh. came here with two bags, one with clothes and the other one with my pedal board and the guitar. I, I, the night that I came here, I didn't even know where to sleep. I just found this friend of a friend on Facebook that was like, oh, I know where you're going to, you know, I have a place for you. But then, that, you know, I didn't even know where I was going to sleep that night. Actually, it was just full of kind of dreams in a way, as you said. I didn't, I mean, I had a plan in my head. Mm-hmm. I started looking for stuff and opportunities the, the day after I landed. Uh, I knew that I didn't have much time and I, I, I and had, you know, limited time to, to make my dreams happen. 
fast and uh, I was going to MI also uh, Musicians Institute here in Hollywood uh, you know to get mm-hmm. connections to, to also to learn because it's a great school but yeah I didn't I, did, I did actually didn't know anybody I had to build my whole that was probably the hard part like in Italy I had my you know my clients and new agencies and new bands and new musicians I, I had my uh, you know an environment that that was sort of safe in a way, you know, I already mm-hmm. had something I could build from there. But at that point I decided to start from scratch in a different world, but it was a world that, that I didn't know anything about also because it's a different culture, different everything, but it's also a, a completely different way of, of playing, of, uh, of music, the music business is completely different. And uh, so I had to learn all that, but I'm glad I did because actually the way music is done here is the way I like it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm glad it, I mean, it, took, it took a while to start from scratch, you know, I had to basically uh, s- scratch six, no, actually seven, eight years of work, you know, that I, that I built uh, overseas, you know, in Italy and, and then, and then start from, 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 from scratch here. That was, right. that was the hard part. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm done with that. <laughs> and that's what you gotta do, you know, yeah. whenever you make such a drastic decision, that's what you gotta do. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. What, what kind of tactics were you using to meet people and, and, and rebuild from scratch? Well, the first thing that I did was Craigslist. That was the first thing because I didn't know, I mean, I had to start from something. So I started to look for, you know, artists and uh, musicians that you know needed you know my services or you know i met my band over craigslist uh they were looking for a guitar player and uh, i heard the material it was amazing it was like a mix of the chili peppers and Foo fighters and all the bands that i loved so um so I, I i auditioned for them and started playing with them and then you know i became a songwriter for them and you know, besides being a performer, so we started writing and we got a lot of opportunities. We licensed our music to a few video games. Uh, the first one was uh, Rocksmith by Ubisoft, and you know, which sold over six million copies, I think, over worldwide over the years. And our song was in the in the video game. I was actually hired to be in the. I did all the video tutorials for the video game, and that's how I was able to kind of get our uh, one of our songs licensed to the video hmm. game. So, you know, I got getting all these opportunities and uh, I just, you know, I just got them starting. I mean, I guess I can say I started from, from, from the lowest, you know, uh, step of the ladder and uh, which, which was Craigslist. After that, it was, you know, word of mouth and, uh, you know, meeting people and showing what, I, you know, what I was capable of doing and, uh, and taking it for there. But again, I was kind of more building towards the performing world, you know, touring and, and music. I had to still kind of, whenever I decided that I wanted to do more producing and writing and composing, I, I had to kind of, uh, I, to, to start not completely from scratch, but it's a whole new set of clients and, and people and business. So I had to kind of, uh, analyze it and study it and to see how it worked and who were the players and how the whole thing uh, kind of was, you know, was structured. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's kind of, I mean, I was getting more into running a business in a way, you know, I had to kind of understand how, where, how the, 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 the thing, the whole thing was, was, was structured the way that I could make decisions 
and design like a career path in front of me that I could at least try to follow. I don't say follow step by step because it's really unpredictable, but uh, at least to, to have a path that I thought was going to work. Mm. And that really helped me in building relationship. Now I, you know, I spent like a, a, basically a year where I was still playing, but, you know, emailing people, you know, in the, in the licensing world and, you know, music libraries and production companies and directors and producers and all that and kind of build from there and doing different, starting doing one project and another one and kind of build organically from that until, you know, I hit a certain point when I was getting really busy and then I decided to take the leap and say, you know what, I'm not taking this tour and uh, I'm going to just stay home and, uh, and, and do this. Also because now I have a family so <laughs> with two kids. So it's definitely more difficult to uh, be on the road all the time. Go on tour, yeah, on the road and stay, stay away for weeks at a time. And it's just really hard. So that was also a part of the decision, you know, whenever now I'm, I'm home. And I'm local majority of the time, which is which is great. Uh, It wasn't the the main decision, of course, but this definitely was a factor. Was like, yeah, this totally makes sense. Right. I should focus more into this kind of career. Right. So, like as you say, you kind of had to learn the business and create your your career plan. And it's it's I think it's pretty easy for people to understand how to to make money in the music industry. And you know, when they're first getting started, if you you play shows, you'll get paid for that. Or if you record with someone, you'll get paid for that. But like, what would you say your, your understanding of like the music business, you know, infrastructure was like how publishing works and how registering copyrights works and, and get all that. Did you have a pretty, when you, when you came to LA and you were just kind of getting started in these years, did you have a pretty good understanding or was that um, no. something you need to learn? No, I had zero idea how uh, things worked. A, because in Italy, where I was coming from, it's kind of different. But also, I think it is different, but it is also not different. I know a lot of people, majority of the musicians that I know, even great players, don't know much about this stuff. Because either you didn't teach you this stuff at MI or in school, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, whenever you're learning piano or guitar, they don't teach you the whole business aspect of it. They just teach you to perform or to know about harmony and theory and all that. Uh, but they don't prepare you to be in the world and understand how to capitalize on opportunities and all that. That's more of a music business kind of curriculum, I guess. Uh, whoever does, you know, you know, studies publishing and all that knows that part. But I think that nowadays musicians need to know that how to, because it's, uh, you know, as you said, um, it's easy to to say, you know what, I play guitar, you know, you, you call me for a session to record or to perform uh, your show or on tour for two months, whatever, uh, you know, I get paid X amount of money and that's it. It's a simple transaction. Mm-hmm. Um, as, but nowadays, that world is generating not nearly as much money as 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Uh, you know, a lot of musicians are actually transitioning from the, the, the performing side, which is, there's still like a lot of people performing. There's a lot, still a lot of opportunities there. But I feel right now that it's the golden era of visual media, you mm-hmm. know, which they need music for anything from simple stuff like Facebook videos and, you know, 
Instagram stuff, like social media to, you know, the Ted Ed video to, to, you know, the big shows and there's you know, like video games and commercials. Like there's a need for music that's, that is unprecedented. Right. There, uh, so a lot of musicians now, it's not just about, you know, performing at a wedding or performing, you know, at a show at a bar, uh, which was what majority of musicians were doing up to a certain point. Also because, you know, it was, you know, it was difficult to record music 30 years ago, 40, you needed a studio, you needed to invest a lot of money, you know, in equipment and all that. It was just something that very few people could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides the talent, you know, you needed to be, you know, to have that. Now it's, you know, with a laptop, you can create amazing music. Right. And also, you know, it's now a, at least a side income that musicians need to be aware of in order to survive and, uh, and you know, and to be doing their, you know, their thing, you know, which could still be performing. But uh, there's also this aspect that you need to know and you need to understand, though, the whole business aspect of it. I didn't know anything when I moved here. Even when I, when I signed my first contracts, uh, I didn't know anything. And then, you know, I st- I'm, I'm a curious person in general, so I, I'm always trying to, to not just to, uh, you know, passively yeah, get things, but I, I, I want to I wanna understand how they work. So, you know, when the first licensing deal came in, I started to, to read all the things and ask questions to whoever I could ask and, and kind of study the thing. And I never went to school for that, and, uh, but I, I was able to, you know, to learn how the publishing world works, you know, music libraries and publishers and copyright and all that. Mm-hmm. And then you know, ask people, ask friends, read, read on the internet, read books. And, and then once you get an understanding of how that works, you're like, okay, now at least you know what you can do, you know, how you can structure your business. I feel though a lot of people, even really good musicians don't, don't know that just because they, they, they're not exposed to that in, information and nobody tells them and then a lot of times they get i don't want to say they get you know screwed sorry <laughs> but they you know they they don't know what they 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 should ask and should and should deal with something right so i think it's important for everybody to you know knowledge is key in general in life in any business and uh, i think musicians should stop being naive you know there's a there's a way i mean musicians has always been like you know musicians and artists you know i don't think about money i don't think about you know it's not a business it's my art which is you know it's still that but uh i think the more and more we go into this era of licensing and music and syncing with visuals and all that even if you're an artist and you're not a composer that actually does that but your music is gonna end up if you know if it's good music somewhere in a commercial in a video game so, so you kind of need to know at least the basics of it i highly recommend it and that really helped help me you know yeah. i whenever i started knowing that stuff i i felt stronger because i knew what to do and how to capitalize my music right no i think you're right on that everyone needs to have that that knowledge or at least uh the, the curiosity to find it and it uh, it's definitely shifting that way i think i mean a lot more people are are independent and, and figuring out things from the get go. And they, they need to, they know that they need to figure out what publishing and how to get that um, together, how they get right. their, yeah. their sync money and this and this and that. Um, and it's not necessarily, you know, the dirty business, like you don't have to worry about the business. Like you need to focus on the art and the creativity. Um, 
but uh, no, I think I, I think a lot more people understand that these days. Yeah, I actually find it find it. Int- I mean, it's it, I personally, but that's a personal thing. I don't think I'm a business driven person, but I find it fun fun in a way that it's not just writing music you know if i had to just write music which i do i do a, like write a lot of and produce a lot of music i worked on so many projects that but it's good to have like a little break and thinking about the business aspect of it it's uh, it's still a creative one because you need to use your brain and create and come up with ideas and plans and all that but kind of triggers a different part of your brain which is not just the, the writing aspect so i find it uh I find it interesting and and nice to have also that aspect that is not just writing music, you know. As a growing artist or songwriter, keeping royalties coming in is important for keeping the bills paid. It's also important to keep an eye on those royalty payments. A lot of people we worked with here at Royalty Exchange were having a tough time making sense of the royalties that were getting paid. So we built a free tool called Know Your Worth that automatically analyzes every royalty payment made on your music. It breaks it all down in an easy-to-understand analysis with some insights that would be impossible to find elsewhere. Plus, it connects you with the thousands of investors on Royalty Exchange and allows them to make you offers on your music. So far, musicians have raised over a million dollars for new projects, new ventures, and a whole lot of other things just through the Know Your Worth app. If you're earning royalties, you should be keeping track of them, and Know Your Worth makes it easy. It only takes about three minutes to connect an account, and the tool will automatically update over time. Just visit worth.royaltyexchange.com or find the link in the show notes to get started. Now, let's get back to the interview. Yeah, well, well, let's talk more about that because it's like I think uh, a lot of people that uh, we talk to on this show or that listen to the show are, are very in the commercial music world where they're um, they're writing songs mm-hmm. for um, that they want to get placed with Beyonce or something like that, right? And uh, and that's fine, but there, there's this whole other world of of these of this production music, and that's something that you're just embroiled in. So, like, what's your creative po- process when you're when you're writing or when you're you're trying to find um, find some placements somewhere? Like, what how does that work for you? I mean, um, so it's in a way it's completely different than writing music for, uh, you know, for an artist, for example, that you got a pitch and to the artist or to the label or to the manager or to whatever, whoever, but in some ways it's similar. So it really depends. It depends on the, on the, on the projects, you know, there are custom projects that, you know, I get hired to write the music for a certain show or for a main title of a show. Of, or you know write the theme for that or write the music for that documentary and that has uh, a certain kind of uh, you, you know it's a certain process and then there's also the aspect of writing music you know um, not tied to any visuals like write music for myself and or you know for a project for an album and then pitch that album to to clients that could be a library or slash publisher that you know buys it and then pitches to their clients or i keep it for my uh, publishing company for my uh, you know for my catalog and i pitch it to to uh, opportunities you know could be commercials could be video games and uh, the the writing process is slightly different if that's your question uh as far you know whenever it's custom music you you gotta you write music that gotta be right for a certain um 
purpose, which is, you know, if it's a TV show, you got to write music for certain scenes and you got to um, basically underline what's on, 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 on the screen or not underline, um, you know, help the story on screen. If it's a documentary, if it's a TV show, if it's a film, you know, there's different video game. They're all kind of different, but the, the basic purpose is not just writing music. It's writing music that serves uh, visuals. So that serves a story, which is the most important part. Mm-hmm. So the whole producing and writing aspect is in that direction. Uh, whenever I'm writing something that it's not on picture, it's got to be, I always kind of write with having in mind something like some visuals, it's a place where it can be licensed, a place that it can be placed. So I always have that in mind, but it's, it's a different process because you're trying to write something that, that stands alone in a different way and, uh, while when you're writing for 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 picture, it it could be that, but it could also be just something that really serves the the visuals. And sometimes it's very simple stuff or very moody stuff that maybe if you just listen by themselves, they're not as interesting as just listening to you know a song or a piece of music that's you know. Uh, more complicated interesting that said it's, it's it's a different process and it can get really complicated when you, and it's a collaboration that's the other aspect whenever you write for um you know for you know for a tv show for a documentary there's usually a producer a director a showrunner so it's a collaborative process and you're you know there's other people that that music need to you know to to please and it has to be approved by a lot of people. Sometimes there's like a, really a lot of people. You know, when you write for, for networks like Fox or CBS and you're writing like music for a promo or for, for a main title, it has to be approved by so many people. Hmm. That's why you got to be flexible and uh, you got to be open to, to, to feedback and, uh, and, 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 and deliver, you know, high quality all the time. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's going to be hard but i I really like that aspect Uh, the beginning is not easy to get feedback you know when you're beginning your career whenever they kind of critique your music you know it's like they're (laughs) they're saying something about your babies oh my god you know you get really protected but then i found that 90 percent of the times whatever other creative because all these people majority of time they are creative people so they they they, you know they're people with ideas and whatever the, the final product after they push you, it's better than what you originally come up with. Certainly. So I really like that that um, collaboration between you know the composer slash producer with you know the, the film producer or the um, the filmmaker in general, you know the director and all that. I really like the, that process. Right, and they all have have emotions, and music's inherently emotional, so they're all going to have their their input on it. Which uh, yeah, they won't speak maybe music language, which is fine, actually better if they don't speak music language. But it will speak the storytelling language, mm-hmm. which is what you uh, you know a composer should uh, should be able to talk with his people. It's not about you know that chord being or using that instrument. Yes, you can a little bit talk talk about that stuff. But it mainly is like, what do you feel that, you know, uh, how does this, you know, cue piece of music feel to you? How does it match, you know, does it, you know, is it taking the right emotion? Uh, is it depicting the right emotion on, on, on screen, you know, for the characters or for the scene? Is it, is it right? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, uh, it's not just music. It's music that serves a purpose. Right. A story. Yeah. 
And another interesting or at least difficult part um, of being of writing music for for TV shows and um, commercials, et cetera, um, the work that you do, it, it seems like you have to be kind of a, a creative chameleon and kind of blend into different um, scenes and really have a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like uh, latitude that you can do as far as the music that you can write. Like you might need to write um, a rock song for one thing one day and then an EDM song for the next. Right. right. You can't just stay in your comfort I mean, zone, right? That, so that really uh, being, you know, very versatile helps, especially, yeah, especially I'd say uh, at the beginning when you want to, to kind of take everything. Then at some point, there, naturally, there, there are some things that you do better than others, just because that's how you, you know, it's the music that you grew up with or that you really love or that you really studied. You know, I, if you ask me to write, you know, five jazz songs, I'll do it because I, I, I've done jazz and I've hired the musicians, you know, that, that are good. But if you ask me to write three albums of jazz music, I'm going to get stuck at some point because it's not my bread and butter. You know, it is not my thing completely. Mm. So it's important to, to be versatile and do a lot of things. But then at some point you got to be honest with yourself and say, okay, I can do this. I can do that. But that's the, when you becoming is if you have artistic sensibility and you, you know, you fine tune that you can always hire people to help you. And uh, that's what a producer, you know, music producer also does. You know, you ha- you know what's sounding good, but then you also need, you know, if you're going back to the jazz example, you're going to hire the right musicians that you know that are going to deliver that kind of sound. And and you're as a producer, you kind of find, and the composer too. I mean, you find you make them play the way you want them, and and then you deliver. But there there are some genres that I feel like. You know, you should be specialized in, not should be, but you're naturally going to be better at right. it, you know, just because that's what you are. And that's also part of the artistic process. Like, I can do a lot of stuff. I've always, you know, I've done like so many, especially in the production music world, so many genres. But then also, the higher you go in, in your career, so the bigger projects you do, I, what I also I found, they told me this, you know, more experienced composers and producers when I was at the beginning. And, and now I, you know, after a few years of doing this, I can definitely confirm that is that, you know, at some point you're going to be known for something Mm -hmm. because, you know, this business works on, you know, they hire you because they heard something that you've done previously that has been successful. So if you've done, and then this is an example. I've done, you know, a couple of songs with this co-writer friend of mine and we produced them and we did them for, for Fox and they loved them. And then we got three other projects out mm-hmm. of that. They were similar, not exactly the same, but similar. Why is that? Because, you know, the, the company that hired us, you know, they, said, they saw that we did a great job with that, a good job. And then so they hired us. Like, they, they knew that we could deliver that. And it's just, not just a matter of delivering. It's also delivering in short amount of time because all these things, you don't have a year to write a song. You don't have not even two weeks to write a song. Sometimes you have like 12 hours, hmm. you know, and you got to write it or produce it. I'm talking about like promos or stuff like that, not not a complete song, of course. I mean, I'm talking like 30 seconds maybe. But even if it's like a full song, you know, the artist world sometimes is more about, you know, you write a song, you take your time and all that. Uh, I mean, it's getting 
also that world is get, is changing a lot. It's not like 15, 20 years ago, you know, uh, it's getting faster right. for sure. Even that world, you know, the productivity and being able to do a lot of, you know, bust out a lot of songs. It's, uh, it's, it's important there too. But in this, in this, in the licensing and visual world, they, they really expect that you deliver high quality in a very little amount of time when you write, uh, I've done music for a film, which was about 50 minutes of music or even more 53 in like in three weeks. And that meant like record, like writing, recording, mixing and all that. Yeah. It's not, and I know there's, you know, composers that do sometimes they get to, they get hired to write music for a film in 10 days. And that means also recording. That's like pretty hardcore to write all that music in such a short amount of time. You got to be creative, you know, uh, right now. <laughs> you know, you, it, that's why you need to be experienced. I mean, experience helps a lot and having a team helps a lot. And, you know, uh, being able to deliver whatever it takes, it's it's kind of mandatory for this for this for this business but it we like it you know i i like it a lot i think it's uh, i'd rather have a deadline and and do it rather than being oh i'm doing, oh, i can do it tomorrow whenever i have a loose deadlines it's it's harder for me just because i'm gonna postpone it and second guess my decisions way more and then not get Certainly. it done that's me but i don't know a lot of people don't <laughs> act like right. me so <laughs> right Gotcha. What what would you say is your the first placement that you got that was like, wow, this is this is really working. Like this is uh uh I've hit something here. So the first placement that I that I got, like a lot of people that I that I that I know of, the first placement usually is like bigger than what you get afterwards. <laughs> it's like almost a uh a luck thing because at the beginning you're not you know you just have your art and talent to support you but you don't have maybe that as we said all the whole the whole music business side of things and uh, you know maybe somebody discovers your music and you you know you land a big placements i i know a lot of people that you know their first placements were commercials where they paid like a lot of money or or these or that and then after that they got kind of not stuck but like oh the business is not like that mm-hmm. you know you write 30 seconds of music and get you know if you not tens of thousands of dollars no i mean it's that's that's it could happen but you know there's also like a a different aspect Mm -hmm. to it my first placement was something like that because it was uh, with my band i I mentioned it before was the the rocksmith uh, placement with ubisoft that i think was the biggest placement the first big placement that i got before that was just some tv shows but that was like Oh, this is a nice placement, you know, in a video game, in a huge video game, you know, it sold a lot of copies and that was like, um, it felt great, you know, we got also as a band, a lot of exposure, especially in Asia and all that. So that was great. And that led to other things, you know, um, especially for our band, my, I wasn't. I didn't know. Not knowing much about the music side of things. Now that I look back, I could have, you know, handled it differently. Certain things, just because. Um, yeah, I mean, if you know, I mean, going back to what we said before, knowledge is important. So if you know things, you can act in a certain way rather than other ways. You know, you can capitalize on things in a in a right. better way. So that's the only, um, you know. 
but that's part of the learning process you know you, i mean unless you learn this during you know in school which usually you don't then you gotta learn it, you know in the field you know on the field and <laughs> figure it out and then i figure it out hopefully i figure it out and now if i get the same kind of placement i would definitely capitalize later in a, in a different way. right yeah i mean you can't expect to be 100 percent uh you know all the time and as far as knowledge yeah yeah it's a learning curve you know like like anything you know knowing that i think uh you know one thing is to you know being able to play an instrument or write songs or you know do it it's like the art part of it you could be like a great writer a great you know guitar player a great pianist a great whatever and these schools really teach you you know they can teach you how to be a great performer but then if you want to be become a professional that's a different thing that's a different thing some people naturally transition to that and are able to start working right away uh, you know if you're super talented usually that really helps in starting working mm-hmm. right away but um, but even that even when you're super talented you kind of need to know all the business aspect of things because that's the only way you can really again capitalize on things you know you can have the same opportunity and have uh, you know you know, capitalize it at 70%, 80% or a hundred percent, a little more, because just, you know, those little three things more, you know, how to, you know, pitch things and, you know, keeping touch with some people, you know, pitch them other things and kind of take it from there. That at the beginning, nobody, t- I mean, I, I know some people that are kind of natural at that. And usually those are, you know, you know, they're able to, to get opportunities and, but not everybody, I mean, I wasn't a natural as far as that. I'm not a, a person that's really, I, I mean, I had to learn mm-hmm. how to be good at certain things. It, it wasn't, I was more on the artistic kind of side, like, oh, I, I write music. I play music. You know, if you like what I do, hire me. Otherwise, you know, <laughs> move on. That was kind of the approach, <clears throat> which many people have because just, it's just the nature of sort of being an artist, you know, in a way, you know, we always think of artists that way and we act that way. But the more we go into, now the more we live in the 70s, <laughs> the more you have also to have your, your business in place and, and know those right. things. What, what are some things that you would have done differently back in, you know, around that first placement that you got with the, uh, the Ubisoft video game or? Little things like keeping in touch in a better way with, with um yeah with the with the production of the video game and maybe pitch them other Mm -hmm. ideas and work more probably more towards that right away but you know i got that placement it was great and uh, but you know i was still focusing on on performing and playing you know with my band and touring and all that and kind of get that working and, and we got other placements with other video games, Song Arc, you know, some mobile video games and all that. And then, uh, we, you know, one of our songs ended up in, you know, being played by a bunch of um, NFL and NHL and NBA teams during their games. Also the Denver Broncos, by the way. Since oh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> here in LA. So, you know, we I was working more towards that. But now that I'm like, okay, eventually you transition to that world. It wouldn't be nice to to kind of 
take advantage of that in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Relationships are definitely where the music industry is, uh, you know, it can make or break your career is if you're, you're keeping up with people and, yeah. and uh, talking to the right people. And, you know, I feel like when, when you're young, I mean, at least I talk, you know, uh, about myself, but I know other people, you know, they, they do the same you know, mistake and I quote mistake. It's not actually a mistake, but you know, it's, it's a rookie mistake in a way is that you, you feel like you don't want to reach out to people too much because you think you're bothering them. It's like, oh, if they get back to me, great. Otherwise, if they don't get back to me, uh, they're not interested. And then you just leave it alone. Yes and no. Persistence is really important. You got to know how to persist, though. You don't want to end up being, you know, pain in the, you know, because, you know, if you insist too much and uh, that's not going to work either. But having the right way of persisting and, and keeping in touch with people. I mean, one thing that I learned is that all these people are super busy. And, uh, and I, now that I'm super busy too, sometimes people reach out to me and I always try to respond right away and give feedback and all that. But sometimes for some reason I, I cannot do it and I don't do it because, and then I, you know, I forget because I got so many things to do. And then I'm like a month later, sometimes like, Oh, damn, I didn't, you know, respond yeah. to that guy or to that girl, you know, about that or this, just because the list of priority, you know, it just might, the, the head of people, the way it works, it's just, you know, it can be filled as much but then at some point you know you gotta miss something and it's not because i didn't want to you know and so i understood that sometimes you know a friendly reminder you know a follow-up two three weeks later or something or just not don't take that personally and just you know next thing you have something just write back and you know always kind of be cool you know make sure people know what you're doing and be persistent in, in a very gentle way you know, eventually, eventually that's going to pay off. And then when I started learning about that and I started using those techniques, it yeah. worked. It worked. It's don't take it personally. You know, it's, this is business for everybody. You know, if you do it a lot, if you work a lot at some point, I, I mean, I started from nothing. I didn't know. Again, I came here with a guitar, a pedal board and, and some clothes. And then uh, you can really build your business. That's the cool thing about about the, the U.S., you know, you can if you work hard, you can build your business from from scratch. You gotta just need quality and good network that you can build from scratch. Yeah, I guess a little change of pace and with this question, but was I mean, like when you're keeping up with these people and like how do you how do you schedule out your days? Like, what is a what does like a typical day look like for you between between the studio and between connecting with people and interacting with them? It's a very very good question. Or is there, or is there not a typical day? <laughs> is everything kind of different for you? No, I do have a typical day. I should be better at that. <laughs> now that you remind me. <laughs> no, I have a typical day, which is I usually get to my studio around, I mean, nowadays, 9, 9, 9, 9.30. I got to, you know, drop off my, my kids to school and my wife and all that. So I usually start my day, uh, my work day around 9 and then work till it really depends on the uh, or what i'm doing usually till five six then maybe i'll pick up some work in the night some email work you know that but i try i, I really like mornings I, I mean as far as creatively I, I like mornings and evenings and nights life right now is not allowing me to 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 work at night uh too late unless i really need to you know if i have a hard deadline i'll do it i'll stay up you know whatever it takes. But right now, you know, with family and all that, I, I'm, I'm just trying to find um, 
I think, I mean, I think morning I'm very creative. So I'm trying to, to keep all the creative, creative things in the morning. And then in the afternoon, kind of take care more of the email things. That said, it really depends on what I, the project that I'm working on. You know, if, you know, I'm, you know, if I need to, to send more emails and, you know, find projects and all that, I'll just dedicate uh, maybe the morning or even the whole day sometimes, you know. I try to spend, to have at least one day every month where I'm just doing admin work or like, you know, f- networking work where I just try to find new opportunities, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, sometimes it takes more than one day because, you know, you just want to find know who's doing that project or that out of the project or you know who what should i do you know so i I always try and i always i mean i always think about that whenever i'm driving or not in the studio so my typical day is kind of that but it i try i mean since i have a studio that's not at home whenever i i come here to my studio i gotta hear my studio my studio all my gear is here so i kind of try to record and write music and listen to music and all that uh, music stuff to do it here just because, you know, sending emails a lot of times I can do you right. know, at home. Or whenever I'm not inspired, which means at 2 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I guess taking a day every once in a while is good for anyone to to change it up and maybe maybe get yeah. some new ideas um, in another place if you're not focusing on it for a couple of days. It's not something I enjoy. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I don't look forward to say I'd rather, you know, write another cue or another track or produce this or mix that you know i'd rather do that because that's what i really like the searching for clients and all of that it's not something that i particularly mm-hmm. enjoy but i know i have to do it that's the work part you know right otherwise it would be too too great you know you make music you have fun and <laughs> you record and, and that's it yeah <laughs> just to be you know too beautiful <laughs> of a job yeah well, I mean, it sounds like you've made, you know, quite a career for yourself of doing something that you love. And even if you have to take a couple of days uh, once a month to do uh, the admin work and get your taxes paid and all that sure, stuff, it's yeah. like, it's probably worth it. And I know it sounds, it doesn't sound too bad. No, no, it is totally worth it. Totally worth it. I mean, it's part of running, uh, of running a business, which is not, and, you know, again, I'm not just a, a composer. I, I see myself more and more so as a, you know, a business mm-hmm. owner and, and which I kind of like, you know, I own the b- a business that I really like, which is making music, you know, so part of it is also finding clients, finding opportunities, you know, go to screenings, uh, you know, make some research and uh, find new talents to collaborate with all that. So it's really fun. It's yeah, really that's fun. great. What, uh, what do you have coming up in the future and uh, any, any new projects or anything? Yeah, I mean, I'm finally trying. I'm, I've been putting off this side project for a while. So in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to release this little EP of this project called Aerial Circles that I started. I started in 2012. <laughs> and going back to the idea of not having hard deadlines, it's 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting out that music. Uh, don't get me wrong. That music has been placed in a lot of stuff, but it's never been released mm-hmm. officially, uh, like on you know on Spotify or, or you know released as a, you know an EP an album. So what I'm my idea now is to to release that music. You know, starting it's basically it's nine uh, compositions because they're instrumental and uh, uh, nine non compositions that I'm 
releasing under you know three EPs. So now I want to release the first EP and then I'm gonna release the second one. God knows when. <laughs> Hopefully in the next three four months. That's the idea. The problem is that you know passion projects are hard because you know you get busy with other things that you know right. pay the bills, which are also fun to do a majority of the times. And uh, so those things get pushed and pushed and pushed and. Definitely, that's something I want to get better at, you know, make sure my passion projects come out and, you know, I don't procrastinate them too much. But yeah, that's something that I'm going to release uh, this EP in the next probably, yeah, three weeks and two, two three weeks. You see, I, I, I'm not, I, I haven't committed <laughs> yet to a day. Yeah. I, I'm there. I'm, I should, but I'm like, okay, I got to do this. I got to do that. And, uh, you know, it takes some, you know, a little time to set it up. Um, and uh, sometimes I get, you know, too busy with other things, but yeah, I, that is come out, coming out. Um, and then what else, what else am I doing? Well, so far I'm just working on some, some cool projects, some cool TV shows, uh, unscripted TV shows and stuff like that. So waiting on a couple jobs to, to get finalized and producing a couple records for a couple artists and, yeah, that's it. What's going to keep me busy for the rest yeah, of the year? Sounds like um, it. We'll with, and that EP yeah. we'll look for in, uh, in 2026 probably is part two, I think, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully not. I really hope I'm going to do a better job. I mean, this EP, actually, I, I, I wanted to release in August and I was ready to do it. I had it mastered and all that. And I was ready, you know, the artwork and all that. But then another release um, through a publisher came out uh and so i had to push my schedule you know and uh, i didn't want to you know release it right after you know after a month so i had to kind of wait another three months and i was like okay might have, i mean i waited seven years to release this music and uh i can't wait another three months you know and plus the other the other release it's, it's something that i really i'm really attached to uh it's an album called called uh, across all states that's also on spotify and all uh, streaming platforms so uh, it's an album that I really like. It's kind of different from what I'm releasing now, but uh, and also my music kind of changed, you know, from 2012 to now. But uh, but I, I really want to put out more music. That's one of my was one of my 2019 goals, and it's still going to be a 2020 goal, and try to have more stuff on Spotify and all that because I'm writing a lot of music, and I'm like, okay, I I should also have something that you now people can listen to, not just you know, music that, you know, it's in TV shows or documentaries. I should kind of collect those and, and publish them right. whenever I can. Yeah, certainly. Well, it's been great to hear your story. And, uh, you know, if anyone, if anyone's listening and, uh, they're coming up with excuses for themselves, they, uh, and you're not immigrating here from, from Italy with, with a couple bags and, and no one to, to talk to, then, uh, I don't think you have any excuses after this. So, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been, uh, really fun to discuss yeah, all this topic with you. Thanks for joining us. You can learn more about Dario and the projects he's working on by following him on Instagram and checking out his website linked in the show notes. If you know someone who can benefit from hearing Dario's story, share this episode with them and be sure to subscribe in your podcast feed. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode. Until then, take care.